Welcome to the Juggling Without Balls podcast. My name is Monica Parkin and I am your host. And every week on the show, I'm going to be talking to powerful, successful women who juggle it all. And when I say juggle it all, I mean everything. Kids, health, aged parents, careers, relationships, you name it, we're going to talk about it. So stick around, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a seat and enjoy the show. Welcome. My guest today is Amy Engelmark. Amy is a recognized speaker and trainer who delivers presentations on burnout, setting boundaries, and finding balance while building business. She's worked with physicians, business owners, leaders, engineers, financial advisors, and more. She has a remarkable ability to open eyes and show people how simple and easy it is to break out of old habits and feel healthy, happy, and prosperous. She's also the author of the upcoming book, From Burnout to Bliss, The 21-Day Plan to Boost Health, Wealth, and Happiness. Okay, so as you heard in the intro, Amy is someone who works with very busy people, business people, doctors, engineers, all kinds of different people from all walks of life who really need some help finding the balance, setting boundaries, setting those kinds of parameters in their life. And and she's really good at helping with some of those struggles that they face. One of the reasons also that I wanted to have Amy on the show, I've known Amy for probably four or five years now when I kind of reinvented myself and decided to have a new career. I was like, who is this woman that's at every single event, the chamber meeting, the WBN, everything I would go to, there's Amy, sometimes speaking, sometimes just mingling, but always very present. And I was like, this is a very busy person. This is someone who's very involved in her community, engages in a lot of events and and just has a lot of really interesting things to say. And so I want to have Amy on the show. I want to say also, Amy, you're just one of the nicest human beings I've ever met with some of the best communication skills. When I first got to know you and I was just learning how to speak myself, you know, I do a presentation on my way home. I get this little text would pop up and it would just say, you are wonderful. Nothing else. Just this little thing to boost your your ego for the day. And it was just such a treat. So welcome, Amy, to the show. Thank you, Monica. And thank you for giving me all that love. And for all of you who are listening Monica, if you don't know her yet, is also an amazing person and uh, deserves all of the feedback that I've given you in those little texts. And she's also one of the people who sends those little texts as well. And it is so caring and quite inspiring in the pursuits that you jump into. And so I'm really happy to be a part of this because I know it's going to go many places and help many people. Thank you. And full disclosure, we are doing this for a second time because uh, Monica and her ADHD forgot to hit the record button yesterday. So real life, sometimes everything's not perfect. Sometimes you got to do it over and we're going to call that first one a practice run. And this one's going to be even better. So let's just really quickly, I know we covered this yesterday, we're going to cover a couple of things again, and we've decided there's some new stuff we want to cover. So it all worked out for the best. But tell me a little bit about what made you go into this particular field. It's a very niche area, you know, helping people that are really, I'm not even going to say busy because I hate the word busy, but they're just real high-end achievers, real uh, long view type people that, that take on big projects and things. Sure. Well, the reason that I got into it is because I don't like seeing people struggle, whether it's in their personal lives or in their business lives. 
it would really bother me to see someone who had such a heart for giving to their community and such incredible skill sets with which to help others. And they weren't taking care of themselves. And that really bothered me because I know when we don't take care of our health, we don't take care of our physical body, our mind, our spirit, then it negatively impacts our marriage. And we don't, we don't see those things happening behind those closed doors, but it impacts our ability to parent the way that we feel that we want to. And it also eventually over time can't help but impact the people who you care for through your work. And that's really sad because the people that are making a really big difference in this world and stepping up to serve others powerfully often overlook themselves and to the detriment of so many things. Yeah, fabulous. And yeah, when we look after ourselves, we really truly look after everyone else in our life. Sometimes people think, you know, I don't have time for self-improvement or I don't have time to go to this talk or this workshop or whatever it is because I've got too much going on. But when we take that time for ourselves, we're ultimately giving that time back to our family and our friends because we're, we're making ourselves a person that's more accessible, that's a happier person. It just introduces more joy into everyone's life. So one of the things we were talking about at one point or that I remember talking about, by the way, one of the many hats that I wear is in the, the financial industry as a mortgage broker. And we were talking about some really successful people that have been really successful in their business lives have this block around money And that's something that I heard you talk about once. And it was really fascinating the way that you explained that. And I wonder if you want to share a little bit on that topic for us today. I think it would be useful. For sure. Yeah, Monica, so many people that I work with, whether privately or in groups, even if they're very wealthy, doesn't mean that they are completely freed up financially. And what I mean by that is you can still have a lot of limiting beliefs and fears specifically around lack of money and not feeling like you will have enough in the future that keep you strapped like a ball and chain to your work and feeling afraid of things being taken away from you. So let me give you an example. I was thinking this morning of all of the different limiting beliefs that I've heard people talk about and limiting beliefs that have held me back as well. So I'll give you some examples. I wrote some down and some of them sound like I can either have this or I can have that in my life, but I can't have both. For example, I can be a very spiritual person, but I can't make great money if I am, or I can make great money, but it means that I'm going to have to struggle and work really hard all the time and be tired, you know, on a regular basis. And that's just what I have to live with. I have to suck it up. That's the reality. People who make great money are selfish or greedy, or if I make great money, I'm going to change somehow as a person. And I don't even like the thought of that. So I'd rather not. I'd rather settle. And some of the more insidious thoughts or beliefs that come up in client sessions are, I can't have that, or that's not possible when it comes to money. And right away, what those thoughts do for us is they cut us off from being able to enjoy the lives that we desire just because of a thought that we live. Because what happens, Monica, is we live 
into the story that we believe is true. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It really is. Yeah, what we think and what we speak about. And usually that arises from our perception of reality or some experience we've lived in or seen our parents live through in the past. And then we just adopt it as truth. Yeah, fabulous. That's so true. And you see that in so many situations. People say, I really want this, but it, I just, it'll never happen for me. Or yeah, I've, if I do this, I'm going to have to give up this. I can't have both. So how do you approach that? Like, How do you work around those, those blocks that people put up? How do you help them to rewrite the conversation, the story they're telling themselves? Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a false dialogue, really. Well, first I help shake the belief because you need to start seeing that something else is actually possible for you. And that means that you need to, like if you're holding onto a coffee mug, it's not a part of you and it's not an extension of your body. It's just something you've held on for so long because you love coffee that you thought was, you couldn't put it down. You thought it was just true beyond belief. And yet that's what I do with clients. The first thing is start to show them that you are not attached to this belief. Like you can actually change your beliefs. And like we've talked about before in other conversations, rewire your thinking. It's becoming more uh, mainstream, that awareness that, oh, I can actually change my brain chemistry. So the first step in that is releasing an old belief. Once you realize that you have been believing that, then the choice to let it go and decide for yourself what you want to believe is possible moving forward. So it's noticing the thought and then releasing the thought so that you can rewrite your story and consciously be involved in creating the life you want to live into. Awesome. Awesome. And it must be so rewarding for you to watch people go through that process and to see them come out the other side with this new outlook. I would imagine that's got to be the most rewarding part of your job. Uh, It's really satisfying and really fulfilling because not only are they changing their perspective and outlook, but you're right. Everything else starts to fall into alignment like dominoes. And probably the most satisfying thing for me is seeing people not just make more money, but make more money and feel joyful, like have the health and the connection with the people that they love at the same time, because otherwise... Money is just money. It's paper, but there's, there's meaning behind it. And there's a reason why people, it's just a result of creativity and impact in the world, your finances. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to someone years ago who had become very successful very quickly and went out and got all the stuff like the beautiful home and, and, and he ended up actually getting rid of that home because his friends didn't feel comfortable coming to visit his friends didn't want to come over and visit that home because they just, they felt out of place. Now he's, he's back in a beautiful home again. He figured his way around that. But one of the things that he had to tell himself is this money's not just for me. I can do stuff with this money. Like I can help other people. He created foundations. He did things with that money. You know, in the beginning, he just felt like out of place and just that he just felt like this money was a weight around his neck. And it became so that this money was something that helped him to make the world a better place. And once he shifted that perspective, instead of being this greedy hoarder and saw it as a way to help others and to make positive impact in the world, it completely shifted his mindset about earning wealth and changed his experience around it too. So, Yeah, that's something I'd like to tag onto there is 
no matter how great of a giver we are with money, we, we might not be that great of a receiver. Mm-hmm. And, and the compliments. That, <laughs> yeah, compliments, money, help, all of it falls into that receiving category. And it sounds like that man was a good receiver, but then needed to see how, like money needs to keep flowing, right? Yes. Even flow, receive and flow out. And uh, that's something that when we get better at that, when we get better at receiving, then we can let good things into our lives and allow ourselves to think those bigger thoughts like, oh, maybe that crazy idea is possible. Maybe I can buy that home. Maybe I can invest thousands of dollars per month into that organization I'm so passionate about. Maybe that is possible. That is only possible when we allow ourselves to receive too. Otherwise, it's like we're ripping off the giver, the giver who wants to give to us and yet we're not willing to receive. It's true, right? You're going back to that compliment analogy when someone says something nice to you and you automatically brush it off. You're not expressing any gratitude for that. It's almost like you're just throwing it someone's giving you a gift and you're throwing it back in their face. I don't want this instead of thank you very much. You know, it's a little bit similar and along the same lines. Yeah. Yeah. So this year, obviously, has been a different year for all of us. We're, we're just over a year into COVID. In terms of your, either how your business has pivoted or like, what is the thing that your clients are really struggling with this year? Is it the kids that are homeschooling? Is it the, just the stress and the anxiety, the thoughts about things? What seems to be the number one struggle for your clients today or, or through this past year, I guess? Great question. I would say it's two or three things. Obviously, a massive amount of stress. People have had to deal with more change than they knew they could. And clients with teams have had to rearrange work environments. So stress is a big one. That's one big challenge. Also, I'd say another one is focus. Because when you're stressed your body gets fatigued, your mind gets fatigued, and then you can feel like foggy brained and overwhelmed. So remembering how to stay in the moment, focused and present and even optimistic and expecting the best outcome while you focus into your work instead of freaking out because you feel out of control. Yeah, I'd say that stress and focus and organization have been, well, stress has been the biggest challenge, but then they need to learn how to stay organized, stay set boundaries, stay balanced, and again, take care of themselves so that they can stay focused and organized and produce the result that they want in their work lives. Yeah, makes total sense. Actually, one of the things along the same same lines that I gave up this year was caffeine, which is something I never thought I'd give up because it I felt like it kept me alert. But the further I got in the COVID, I was just using it as this crutch. And I was becoming just so, I was just running like this little hamster on a wheel. My mind went stop. And when I gave that up, even though it was something that gave me energy, I actually had more energy because my mind slowed down and I had time to think things through. And instead of being overwhelmed by stuff, I could just pause and say, okay, what's What's the gift in this? Like, what's the good thing? Like for me, the great thing that came out of COVID is we've got a huge extended family all over the world that maybe would see each other once every couple of years. Now we meet like every two or three weeks on Zoom. We all see each other. We have like a little family dinner party that was never possible before, you know? And so just pausing to go, 
okay, what, what's the good thing here? I know some stuff isn't so great, but like, what's the little good thing that I can pull out of this today to focus on that instead of focusing on all this other crap over here to the left, right? Yeah. Can I share something that my clients have noticed is that silver lining? Yeah, do. They've noticed that their businesses and their staff and the quality of work that they do for their clients or their customers, nothing falls apart when they take more time off or they just have seen that they're able to prioritize themselves like they've always wanted to because they get creative and they start thinking out of the box and they start thinking that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure in, well, not so much in the veterinary industry, which is one of the other hats that where no one's working from home there, but, but in the mortgage industry, I've talked to underwriters that, that used to work in an office that have gone back to home and they've said, I'm never going back to work in an office again. Like my life has changed so dramatically being able to to hang out with my kids and, and slow down and still get actually a higher level of productivity, but in a different way has, has been something that, that that's a change that's come out of it. That they, they're never, they're like, I don't care. I don't care if my company says they have to go back to work. I'll go to a different company. Like this works for me. So there's definitely some good things that have come out of it, despite, you know, obviously there's some huge hardship for the tourism industry and, and some of those other industries. Yeah. Not to discount that by any means. Yeah, for sure. There's been lots of hardship and yet people have started to live in alignment. Well, some of the people that I work with, at least because that's why they're coming to me, they're starting to live into alignment with their values Yeah, and see that that's actually possible instead of trying to conform to the rat race. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, moving along, I see, or we all heard in your intro that you've been working on a book a new book. You said you haven't fully decided on the title, but what I have right now is From Burnout to Bliss, a 21-day plan to boost health, wealth, and happiness. How you want to talk to me about that process? It sounds like it maybe was a long process, as an ongoing process, and uh, probably a great way to learn about yourself. Yeah. So yeah, the name might change. Just the first part of it might change to You Matter, because the whole book boils down to that. I love it. It, I love that name. Yeah. When you really truly believe that I matter, then you can apply all of these 21 steps that I share in the book. And it's basically a a pocketbook manual for giving yourself permission to be healthy and happy and wealthy. So so talk about receiving. This is a book on receiving, I, I guess. And In it, I share very practical and effective strategies to be able to apply the big points from the stories about my own life or experiences of my clients in the book so that people can speed up their process and speed up their growth to be able to change their lives. In those three areas, one of my values that you might know already about me, Monica, is I love speed. And I also... God, this is a new info for me. So <laughs> I wrote it up today. This is awesome. Okay. Um, I love making things work quickly and efficiently. Those are two really important things for me. And yet at the same time, it can be very tempting to think that I have to do it like everyone else. And I'm not like everyone else. And either are you. And either is anyone else listening. So this book is about how to live powerfully and authentically instead of trying to 
fit into the cultural norms. You're learning how to be prosperous and healthy and happy in your own way instead of comparing yourself to others and burning out or trying to be someone that you're not, which is a total waste of energy. Yeah. And that's so tempting today. You know, as much as I love social media, it's it's so tempting to look at other people and want to be like this or like that instead of just, you know, look who I am as unique and powerful just all by itself and just cherish that and see the value in who you are and your unique skill sets and strengths rather than trying to duplicate or emulate someone else. Like stay in your own lane, reach over, help everyone up, but be who you are. And and that's where we really honestly thrive. I think I really truly only came into myself when I began to be my authentic self, you know, and, and it's so cliche. People are like, what do I do to be successful? And, and it's be yourself. And it sounds like they're like, that's not what I want to hear, but it's so true. You know, it, it's be you realize your unique skill sets, whatever, whatever those are. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, we're all part of one body. And if you're the hand and I'm the eye or I'm the shoulder and you're the rib cage or whatever, there's a really important function that we all play. And yeah. if we try and be another part of the body, it's just like, wow, where's Monica? Like we are missing who she is in this circle of people and we need that, but she's thinking she's not important. So yeah, so, so she has to show up. Yeah. I remember one time having this conversation about the village. It's, I think it's a book or it's a, a theory about, you know, some people get up really early and they find that really easy. Some people are up to the wee hours in the morning, right? Like I got a kid that's up to like three in the morning. Some people are, are the extra, you know, the extroverts, all these different people serve different functions in the village, right? So if everyone wanted to go to bed at six in the morning, there'd be no one to guard the front gate at six in the morning, right? And if... Yeah everyone liked to do slow, monotonous tasks, there'd be no one to solve the problems quickly. So by having all these different types of people in society, that completes our village, right? And we're all interconnected, but we all have a different role to play. So there's no reason to ever beat yourself up. Like some, I used to, my ADHD, whatever, the same thing that caused me to not record this program because I was too distracted. I used to really beat myself up for that, but it also makes me this very ability to multitask, to do all different things, to change gears, to reinvent myself. So I now kind of cherish the gift in that where it used to be like, I wish I could stop being like this. Now I just pause and go, you know what? It's just awesome. It's a gift. It's my superpower, right? In talking about things that that you can hand off to other people, like if there's something that you can delegate, we can't all do it all. For me, it's laundry. Like I just don't do laundry and I don't do yard work. And my husband doesn't either. It just caused too much friction in our marriage. So I just, I'd rather work like even 10 extra hours if I had to not to do that. I'm willing, it's worth the time to me to not do that. What is something that you don't do that you delegate to someone else that you've given up that you've just said, I'm not spending any more time on this activity Mm. to free up space in your life? Well, yeah, like a lot of us, we like to try and do everything. (laughs) For some reason, we think that it's a good thing. I would say like recently, I've hired someone new to do any kind of work I need on my website and including payment gateways for courses and programs that I offer. And that's been extremely helpful because without that, I just can't move forward. And Also lately, I've been thinking, hmm, if there's something in my marriage that is causing friction because I don't want to spend my time on that, like something to do with our house, some responsibility or chore, 
And he doesn't want to spend the time on that because our priority is our children when we're done work. Then why are we not hiring that out? So I've just been literally yesterday and this morning looking at the windows I tried to clean (laughs) while I cleaned them thinking, I need a professional doing this. I'd rather be walking or playing with my kids. And so just things like that, that, you know, any, I think really anything that someone else can do for us that costs way less than our rate, our our own rate that we charge clients or customers should probably be passed on. Exactly right. If you're going into work and making $50 an hour, why are you doing something that a college student's happy to do for $15 or $16 an hour, right? Like that's just the math doesn't make sense. But real quickly, I want to circle back to that because you just reminded me about something we were talking about yesterday. And that's outsourcing things that are not within our skill set, right? Like, And how sometimes we delay doing stuff because we don't know how to do it. Like this podcast I've been wanting to do for like two years and I haven't because I keep... Well, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. And I keep stopping. And then when I don't know how to do it, I basically, I just shut down and I stop doing it. And so I reached out to uh, someone else I know that Scott Peckford, I love mortgage broker and podcast. And I said, Hey, you've got this great podcast. Can you help me? Like, and he said, well, I don't, I don't do podcast producing, but here's the guy that helped me. And he put me in touch with Joel, who's the, who's helping with this podcast. And it just took all the difficulty out of it. All of a sudden it's like, no, I can do that for you. And I can do that for you. And when you're ready, I can teach you how, but for now, just do what you're good at, which is talking to people and I'll deal with all the rest. And now all of a sudden it's got all this momentum, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's something I think we all need to remember is when we don't know how to do something, just asking for help for a little bit of expertise could just get us past that block. I don't but know you if know you what? found, you know, writing your book, you mentioned sometimes you hang out with other writers or go to a writer's retreat and it gives you that little bit of kick. Exactly. But something that needs to be paired, uh, something that needs to be in alignment before you can, let's just say, take the jump and ask for that help. It One thing I've noticed in my own professional life anyways, that and listen into this because this is for someone who's listening or maybe for many, mm-hmm. that you need to believe it will be worth it. Because Monica, you needed yeah. to believe that investing in help probably financially and uh, with your time and energy was going to pay off later down the road. And someone who's purchasing a home has to invest before they feel ready. And someone who is wanting mentorship needs to invest and believe that it will pay off in folds later down the road and that the investment is way less than what will come back to you. That's been really important to me. And I and Probably a stumbling, part of your business model too. Yeah. A stumbling block actually at the beginning of my business and what halted my growth in my first couple of years was not getting help sooner because I didn't want to invest because I felt like, well, let me earn the money before I spend the money. And it's such backwards thinking. It feels mm-hmm. right, but it's backwards thinking. Mm-hmm. We need to invest before we see the return. And that has everything to do with what you expect will result from your action. That's my dad's favorite saying, you know, you got to spend money to make money. And and sometimes it's it's true. And like you say, you have to know what you want and what the return is going to be out of it. Be able to see that return before it's, it's happened. Trust, it's trust, right? It's totally trust. Trust yourself, trust the process. Okay, it's 8.53 and I feel like you've probably got clients at nine o'clock. So I'm going to start to wrap this up. But 
You have recently kind of shifted from one-on-one coaching to more group sessions, workshops, programs that people can pop in and out of on their own schedule. Tell us about what you have going on, where they can find you, and and if you've got anything that you're really excited about that you want to share with us, now's your chance to do that. Sure. Thanks so much, Monica, for having me on. And Thank you. I, yes, still do work with private clients, but if you're not ready for a deep dive to transform your business and personal life yet, then I offer group coaching programs. And the easiest way to start working with me is through the Joy Project. And that's my most recent creation. It's a 14-day audio program delivered to your email. And it's only $47. And you get a Joy manual, a Joy journal, easy ways to keep track of your reflections and action steps each day. So that can be found by contacting me through my website, amyenglemark.com. And people are also welcome to search me out on Facebook, Amy Engelmark, Instagram. I spend most of my time on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So yeah, I'd love to be in contact with people anytime. Awesome. And I'm going to make sure all those links are in the show notes. So if you need them, you can always find them there too. And thank you, Amy, for joining me on the show today. Thanks for coming back for for run two. I think it's even better than the first one, to be honest. That was just a practice (laughs) run. Talk about the silver lining. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't hit record because I think this is even better than the last one. So always worked out. Last half full. Thanks, Amy. You have a great day. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this week. To get more information on any of my guests, to sponsor an episode, or to book me as a speaker for your next event, please visit jugglingwithoutballs.ca. I'm also always on the lookout for interesting guests who juggle it all, so please feel free to send me your suggestions. Please rate, review, and follow at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a wrap. See you next week, jugglers.